0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Village of Days for Christ podcast. Uh, nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. We're in First Corinthians 11. We're almost done with Corinthians. A few more weeks, and we'll have that done. Then we'll be in Second Corinthians. So this is chapter 11, instructions on public worship. And this is some good stuff in here. Some controversial things that people have struggled with they shouldn't. It's clearly biblical what we're going to talk about because we're going right from the Bible. So anyway, let's just jump in and get going here. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the teachings just as I pass them on to you. Isn't that nice? I praise for, praise you for remembering me in everything. These people remembered Paul in prayer and remembered who he was and for holding to the teachings just as I pass them on. So these people were faithful to Paul and they held him in high regard and high esteem verse three. Now I want you to realize the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. And so let's see here. this, this is the God. This is the biblical order. It goes from the father to the son, to the son, to the husband, to the husband, to the wife. That's the order. I know this is good. This is the controversy I was talking about here. Um, People get all hung up, you know, um, uh, uh, female submission or wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving their wives. But there's an order here. It's not about slavery. It's about God's order of things. Now, I want you to realize the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. This is this is not a less than thing. This would mean that Jesus was less than his father and that women are less than men and that we are less than Christ. It's not about less than or more than. This is about God's order so things get done in a proper way. So if there's any ladies out there and you're and you're married, your husband is your head. That doesn't mean he rules and reigns over you and beats you down and all of that kind of stuff. What it means is Uh, Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands are supposed to lay their wives' lives down for their wives, but they can't if their wives won't respect them, honor them, or submit to them. That is the biblical order, and that's not slavery. It's protection. It's covering. It's God's order of things again the wife is not less than or the woman is not less than the man the woman was taken out of the man the woman was taken out of the rib of adam they were one being to begin with and they come back together as husband and wife and become one being again this is oneness but there is a godly order in things and god has made male leadership as a biblical principle and i know ladies this is hard but this is totally and completely biblical Again, your husband doesn't need or want to rule over you. He wants to protect you. He wants to take care of you, to love you, to provide for you, to provide structure in the marriage, but you, but you cannot be a helpmate to him if you're always bucking him, if you're always opposing him. If you're not honoring him, respecting him, and submitting to him in, in biblical leadership, then you are out of order. And if he isn't loving you the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for for us, then he is out of order. So ladies and men, Find the order, find the biblical order in things and follow. You have to talk about these things because this is this shouldn't be controversial. These are clearly biblical things we're talking about here. But people take it all the way and Satan screws all this stuff up in people's minds. And people, oh, I ain't going to submit. No, no, I'm not going to love. It's, it's foolishness. We should lay our lives down the way the Bible says we do, each according to his own place. And then it's so simple. Everything goes well when we do this. Everything goes well. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covers dishonors his head, and every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors his head, just as though it were shaved. Now, let's go here, verse 4. Let's see if if they do a commentary on this. Of course, they're not going to. (laughs) Of course not. Again, um,. Now, this is i 've uh and Paul and Peter said that Paul wrote some things that were hard to understand, and this is i don 't fully understand this. every man who prays a prophesies, head uncovered covered dishonors. and everyone who prays prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors head just as though his head were shaved let 's continue on if a woman does not cover her head, she should have her hair cut off and if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut or shaved off, she should cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. For this reason and because of the angels, the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head. The the Amish women and others put coverings on their head, uh, you know, put a, a like a veil over their head or a covering on their head. What I find interesting about this is is this. And that's why Paul, and that's why Peter said Paul wrote some things we don't fully understand. Because in the Old Testament, the sign of, the sign of the Nazarite was his hair. And like, um, a Samuel, uh, Samuel, um, oh, a Samson, their hair was long. They had long, full hair. And that was the sign of God's authority on their head. So I don't fully understand all of this. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, um, I, and I, and I admit that. But generally, the general rule is men have short hair, women have long hair, and, and but the covering part, I don't like. I said I look down here. There's no commentary on this, so. Um, but again, people have taken this and run with it, and s- certain different denominations do different things with this. And so, I believe God gives us some latitude in this. Like I said, the Old Testament Nazarite, his the sign of God's authority over him was his long hair. So, and but yet it says a man should have his head uncovered, and it talks about a woman's hair being her covering here. So, again, don't fully understand this. But again, there's a godly order to everything, and you can pray about this, and God will lead you in the right way. And let's let's go back to let's jump past that. A man ought to not cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. Again, again, ladies. This is not a, this is a just, this is a less than thing. This is an other than thing. But the woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman for man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. For this reason, because the angels the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head. Ladies, I want you to think about this. If you're listening. You are the preferred creature. Every other creature, man, all men, or let me put it this way, men and animals all came from the dust of the ground. Ladies, you are the only thing that was created for something, from something that was already alive, the husband. And so God honors women. He honors you greatly. In fact, the great thing about you submitting to your husband in a, in, a, in his godly authority is that he is responsible for everything. That he is responsible for leadership and all of that. And he is the one who gives the account to God for that leadership, not you. You come under his covering and he's responsible before God, not you. And so again, this is this is just the beauty of God's heart, wanting to make you ladies out of your husband. That again, I, this is my argument against homosexuality, because I always argue the rib. I always not argue, but I discuss the rib. I said, the reason I believe in the male-female relationship is God took the rib out of Adam and made the woman. This is the most beautiful thing in the world. And if we'll submit to God's authority in this, if we'll submit to his leadership and submit to his order in this, everything goes well in our lives so there you go again I I know I'm kind of going running over this hard but there's some there's so much rebellion so much confusion so little male leadership so many men don't want to lead at all you know I when I hear that a woman you know is out working her husband sitting home play video games it drives me nuts because men are supposed to be providing men are supposed to be taking care of uh, of the wife and making sure she's provided for making sure she's covered by God and so few, so few men are living up to their responsibility in this. So let's continue on. Verse 11. If the Lord, in the, in the Lord, however, woman is not independent. Now, here we go. Here's the balance right here. God wants to balance these things out because he knows how controversial they're going to be. In the Lord, however, woman is not independent of man, nor man independent of woman. For a woman came from man. So also a man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. Man, there you go. It's all from God. Ultimately, all of us submit to him and submit to the authority of Christ over all of us. All men come from women, and woman came from man. But all and God, in His awesome wisdom, made it where men, men, uh, woman came from man. But then men, women gave birth. All men are given birth to by women. This is a beautiful circle here. God didn't want this to be an oppressive thing. He wanted to be this a beautiful circle of life between male and female, and, and male and female totally complementing each other in a perfect way. Amen. I love this, but everything comes from God. Verse 13, judge for yourselves if it is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered. Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it's a disgrace to him. Again, this is a separation from the Nazarite. I don't fully understand it. I admit it. Some things Paul wrote are hard to understand even if you're bouncing it with the Old Testament. So again, I don't fully grasp all this. But if a woman has long hair, it is her goal. It is, for that, oh, wait a minute. Everything is done it's grace to him, but that if a woman has long hair it is her glory, for long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. So again, some ladies are covering their hair, you know, like the Amish cover, put the little covering over their head. Again, I'm not putting the Amish down, I'm just just stating the facts. But it says right there, the long hair for a woman is given to her as a covering, yet so many women, including my wife, has shorter hair today. So again, We need to be merciful in these kind of teachings like this. We need to be merciful, not beat each other into the ground over these things. Amen. Let's continue on the Lord's Supper Uh, in the following directives. I have no praise for you for your meetings do more harm than good. So Paul's rebuking these or correcting these people, the Corinthians in the first place. I hear when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. To some extent, I believe it no doubt you have to be there has to be difference among you to show which of you has God's approval when you come together is, is not the lord's is it not the lord's supper you eat for each of you, for as you eat each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. Imagine this. Imagine this is the way these people did the Lord's Supper. It's so crazy. Look, continue on for uh, for anybody else. One remains hungry. One gets drunk. Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What, I sh- what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? Certainly not. Man. These people were in such disorder over the Lord's Supper. It's amazing how much disorder was in this church. I mean, man, we do the Lord's Supper church. is so orderly and stuff. But these people were just in a completely weird way here. Let's read the whole, let's see, verse 17 through 22 again. Just read it as it said. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that you that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show you which has God's approval. When you come together, is not the Lord's supper you eat? For as you eat, as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Do you not have homes to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. So, there's an order to the Lord's Supper to communion, and these people were completely out of order verse twenty three for I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, "This is my body for which which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying. This is the cup of this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want to make one point here. Jesus said that when we take the bread and we take the wine, we do this to remember him. This is the one thing that Jesus asked us to do. And it's simple. We are doing this to remember the Lord, to remember his sacrifice, to remember the cost of our sin, that our sin cost Jesus everything. And we should remember him to honor him and to hold him up in the highest esteem and honor. Again, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a beautiful thing. Communion is utterly and completely beautiful. And that's why Paul was so disturbed the way these people were coming together with such disorder. They forgot the whole point of the Lord's Supper was to remember Christ. It wasn't about getting eating some bread and drinking some wine and getting drunk and and being, you know, you have something and your brother, your poor brother shows up with no bread and wine. You're not sharing it with him. I mean, Paul was very explicit about his correction of these people, and he was explicit because he said, Look, this is about Jesus. This whole thing is about Jesus. Let's keep this thing in the proper order and proclaim his death until he returns. I love this. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Let's stop right there, man. This is serious. When you take the Lord's Supper, you should examine your own heart. Make sure you and the Lord are okay. If you're not, you should say, Lord, I've done this, I've sinned in this way. I apologize, I repent of this before. This is serious business. When you eat and drink, from when you eat the bread and drink the cup, this is serious business. This is a holy thing you are doing. And you ought to do it in a reverent way. Again, not a legalistic right not a legalistic religious way, but in a in a in a in an orderly way in your heart and having your heart right before God. I mean, this is serious business. Again, I don't say this to put fear on you, but this this is not a religious ritual. This is this is remembrance of the Lord and declaring his death. This is important business. Therefore whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. We do not want to sin against the body and blood of Christ, not the thing that took not those things that took away our sin. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why when people take this, they ought to know what they're doing. And it, like if you have children, you ought to explain this to them. Hey, this is the body and the blood of the Lord. We're celebrating and remembering Christ in this. And, and that way you emphasize that to your children so they understand that this isn't just about eating some piece of bread and drinking a little grape juice. This is about the body and blood of Christ. Amen. Um, let's judge ourselves Um that is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep and they say fall asleep there they mean death so this was this this i mean these people were in such disorder verse 30 says that is why that that's why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep man i don't want to read too much into this but man there is, there is real consequences for not doing this in a right way. And again, I, I, again I, that's as far as I want to take this, because you could get really intense with this, and I don't want to get that intense with this. But man, we need to honor the Lord in this. That's the big point here. We need to honor Jesus Christ, honor his sacrifice, honor his heart, honor his love for us, to be willing to lay his life down for us. You know, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And remember how great his love is for us. Um, But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So God's judgment of us keeps us from the condemnation that's going to come upon the world. God disciplines those he loves. So if you're receiving, Paul was in point here, Paul is saying, look, I'm disciplining you and the Lord's disciplining you through me, but it's because he loves you. And he doesn't want you to come into the condemnation of the world. Man, his discipline is joyous. She, when you're when someone corrects you in Christ and they correct you in a biblical manner, you ought to shout for joy. Man, correction ought to make you, correction shouldn't break your heart. Correction should show you the love of God, that God has so much love for you. He sent somebody to help you, sent someone to help you to show you their error. He sent Paul to the Corinthians to show them their error so they wouldn't be condemned with the world. Man, man, when you got a brother or sister who loves you enough to say, hey, and they do it in a loving way and say, hey, hey, Bob, man, I love you, but man, this is, you're you're going to the left here and you should be going to the right man and I love you I just want to share that with you man you should you should shout for joy man because God is keeping you from the judgment of the world by correcting you man I love that that's how good God is So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. Again, do this in order and honor Christ in this. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. When I come, I will get further directions. Wow. So this is a chapter of correction, trying to get the whole female-male thing together right. The whole covering of the head thing, right? And then the Lord's Supper. So Paul was tweaking the church here. He was correcting them. He was trying to explain the male-female thing here and how it's all about Christ and how the, see, the whole male-female thing is about the Father and the Son. And the whole Lord's Supper thing is about the, is about the Son and God who sent the Son. It's always goes back to the Father and the Son through the Spirit. Always. Everything should point back to Christ. Everything should point back to His Father. Everything we do. You know, when we serve others, we should be serving them as if we're serving the Lord, the Bible says. So this is all ultimately about Jesus Christ and what he did for us and us honoring him in our actions, whether it's the covering over the head, which I don't fully understand, as I've said, or the, or the Lord's Supper. we honor the, We should honor the Lord in everything that we do amen and amen so there you go uh almost 20 minutes in not bad i wasn't sure how long this would take because there's a lot here to cover and uh, i hope i did an okay job today (laughs) again some things like i said when i don't understand something i always tell you i'm not sure about the whole head covering thing don't know how that all works out like peter said paul wrote some things that i don't even understand and that was peter the apostle talking so, Paul wrote some things that are tough. And this is some of that kind of stuff that we just don't fully grasp in this hour. And when we get to heaven, God will say, well, this is what it meant. Oh, didn't even see that. Anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. We'll talk to you later on. Tomorrow's Revelation Wednesday. So, you have a blessed day. Thank you. Sorry about missing yesterday. I was so tired. Love you, love you.